All right. You would grab your Bibles and open them to the book of Romans. I told you we were going to be making our home here. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we will be starting with... <clears throat> we are going to be starting with verse 9. Verse 9. Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for what you have done, for what you are going to do. You are an awesome God. And Lord, I just pray that we would keep our eyes and our focus on you, Jesus. In your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So <clears throat> when I was in college, I worked at a screen printing shop where we made t-shirts. That's where I learned the trade of t-shirt making. And every day I would be in this, like, it was a pretty little shop. It wasn't even the size of, like, this building. And there was, like, this basement. And so um, does anybody actually know how t-shirts are made? Anybody have any idea? So you make these screens, right? And the screens are like stencils. That's the best way for it that I can, I can say it. And then you take these stencils and you put them down and you pull ink over it. And that's how you get the different inks, right, on the shirt. So if, you, if it's like four colors of ink on a shirt, people say it's paint. It's actually ink. Um, but the, you pull it over the stencil and it goes through the, the stencil and then it's on this T-shirt, right? But it needs to dry. And you, so you have to put it in this hot oven, right? It's like a conveyor belt oven. It's really cool. Actually, I cooked a pizza in it one time, true story. I didn't, because I, they get so hot. I'm like, I wonder if I could cook a pizza. And it worked. It, it, oh, yeah, it worked. It worked. It worked good. I was like, this is, this is great. It, it tasted like T-shirts, though. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyhow, so I, so I did that. Um, but I, I was down there every single day, and it's unbelievably hot. Like, it's like 350 degrees. You're right by this heater, you know, all the time. You're always sweating. Like, you, when you go to make T-shirts, you have to plan on being hot, nasty, and sweaty, right? So, I'm down there. It's in the wintertime. I remember this. It was in the wintertime. And my boss came down the stairs, right? Now, my boss's name was Rel. He was 100%... Italian, like he came over from the motherland, um, and he was this uh, really, really funny guy. He comes down, and he's uh, like, like super tiny. He's like, hey, David, I need a favor from you. He sounded like Mario, kind of, you know. He's like, I needed a favor from you, and I'm like, yeah, what do you need? What do you need? He's like, I need you to go get a thing. I'm like, a thing? A thing from where? He's like, you need to go up to my other tenant and get a thing and throw it in the dumpster. And I'm like, okay, like I can do that because I'm sitting here saying I will do anything to get away from this big, giant, hot machine right now. And I'm wearing T-shirt and shorts, right? Now, you got to remember that, T-shirt and shorts. 
He's like, okay, go up. And I had to go to this place. I'd never been there before. It was like right up the road. It was Patty's Pedals. Okay, so this, this road was a main road. Like people were driving on it. But it was probably like 100 yards up the road. And I had to go up there to get something. So I'm like, okay. I go outside. It's cold. All right? It's, it's really cold. It's probably like, you know, below freezing. And so I go out, and I'm, I get up there, and I'm like, I go to Patty's Pedals. This is like dainty little uh, flower shop. And Patty's there, and she's like, uh, can I help you? Because I'm not really the clientele that goes into Patty's Pedals. You know what I mean? She's like, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm here to get the thing. She's like, what thing? I said, I don't know. The thing. And she's like, oh, the toilet. I said, wait, is that what I, I, I did not know, but that, what? She's like, yeah, you're here to get the toilet. And I said, I guess. She goes, well, it's back here. And I go back, and there is, it, now, I don't know if you guys have these or not, but in Pennsylvania, we have these things called Pittsburgh potties, okay? True story, it's a thing. You can look it up online. But a Pittsburgh potty is just a toilet in the middle of a room. Like, in like usually they would, it was just this crazy thing that they used to do in like probably the early 1800s, 19, early 1900s or whatever, or late 1800s, early 1900s, where they would just install a toilet in the middle of a room downstairs for people to use. But there's no, like, doors or anything, right? So it's really awkward. Like, and I remember I had, a, I had one growing up. Like, it would be the place where, like, when your dad would come home and he was, like, really, really, like, dirty from work and everything, and he would go and he'd go downstairs and then he would use the toilet. But there's no walls. So it's really awkward. You're, like, you know, going downstairs like, oh, dad, I should have known the knock or why. It's, it's a really bad idea. Pittsburgh potties. Really bad idea. But they were, like, obsessed with them. It was, like, anywhere that they had plumbing, they would just put a toilet there. Like, well, I know what to put there. A toilet. And so they were renovating this space, and in the back room, they had a toilet, a random toilet in just a room, right? And so I go over to it, and I'm like, okay, um, how, what do I do with this? She's like, I don't know. She's like, lift it up. Now, know if you've ever tried to lift a toilet. There's not a good graceful way to do it, right? There's, it's, it's big and bulky and like, and, and wet, right? Like slippery, you know? Because they had been using this toilet. This was not like an ancient toilet. They had been using it. So I'm like, okay, all right. And so I go, I go to like, you know, get down and I, I like get there and now I'm probably not going to be able to use the microphone as I do this, but that's okay. You can hear me. So I had, to, I had to go and I had to run into the middle of traffic. I had to, like, stop traffic, get the rent check, right? I didn't have any pockets, so I just shoved the rent check down my pants, okay? Because that's what you do, right? So then I go and I get this toilet. And I lift it up, Right? And I am super passionate right now. Like, I have a mission. I got to get this toilet into the dumpster. 
and I heave it up as high as I can on my face, right? And I start running. I make a beeline running for this dumpster. I can just see it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this to it, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to throw it in the dumpster. And I get there, and I run, and I hit the edge of the dumpster, and I'm trying to push it over. And the toilet tips back. And they didn't drain it. And it pours on my face, down my shirt. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And I push the toilet. And we're going to put it right here. I push the toilet into the dumpster. And it falls and shatters and does things that porcelain toilets do. And I'm devastated. I walk back into something now. I went upstairs instead of downstairs, right where all the customers are. I walk in, and my boss is there, and everybody just sees me walking in covered in water and everything. He goes, David, are are you okay? And I'm like, I did the thing. And he's like, oh, very good, very good. And I go, oh, one more thing. Here's your check. And I slap it on the table, and he's like, that is a very moist check. And I said, you don't want to know where it's been. And I went back downstairs to print my T-shirts. And actually, I was very happy to be standing by a 350-degree oven at that point in time, right? Now, funny, funny, funny story. A few things. One, I was very, 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 you know, once I got involved, I was very passionate about delivering this toilet. Right? Like, I really, really wanted to get this done. Like, I wanted to do this. I wanted, I wanted to, you know, be done with this thing. I was so excited to do that. Directionally, I was going in the right direction, um, and I had passion. I definitely had passion to do that. But right here in verse, um, we, in verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I had a lot of zeal, right? Like I had a lot. Does anybody know what zeal is? Does anybody know what's zeal? Help me define it. Okay, enjoy and enthusiasm. Sometimes it might not be joy. So it, it, it can be it, the best. Listen, you, you described the best way we can have zeal. But you can actually have negative zeal, right? Like, you can be, so like a zealot in that time. So that word, zeal, has a lot of meaning, okay? Zeal would have been uh, what a zealot would have been. So a zealot was somebody who was incredibly passionate about, in essence, a political thing, right? They were political zealots. They were ready to, in, in Paul's day, they were people who believed that the Roman Empire was evil and that they needed to overthrow it at any, uh, any cost, and they were willing to kill anybody to achieve their goals. And they had zeal, right? So they had passion, but ultimately their passion wasn't serving the Lord. I mean, sometimes they thought it was because they thought, well, you know, uh, Israel's good, the Jewish people are good, but Rome is bad, and so we have to kill people in order to overthrow them. And so zeal can be, it, you're, you're incredibly passionate about that thing, right? But, but it's not necessarily always good. And so Paul is saying, 
zeal, I want you to have zeal, but make sure that directionally you are going in the right, way, right direction. Make sure that you are following the Lord, that your zeal is for the Lord and not just for some cause, right? Not some man-made cause. And that's what happens a lot of times in life, right? Like there are so many causes today. Like you've never experienced, you, you, like you've never experienced more causes. Like go on social media, type in any hashtag, and there is a cause for something, right? Like there's a cause for saving the whales. That was actually what was really popular back when I was younger, saving the whales, you know what I mean? Um, and now you guys know, I don't need to name them because I'll offend somebody, let's be honest. But there's a billion different causes, and people are signing up for them, and people are incredibly passionate about them, right? But I'm here to tell you, not all of them align with a Christian worldview. Not all of them are good. In fact, there's a lot of them that are bad. Now, some of them, they try to take and, like, you know, fit Jesus in with the cause, but Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Your entirety, like your direction, everything, like, again, we're called to be all in, give 100% to the Lord. Like, it's not um, this thing plus Jesus. Is Jesus is everything. And we're not just trying to fit him in to a cause. But keep, so he's saying, you, zeal is good. Never be lacking in zeal. Have zeal, have fervor, have a true zeal, which is joy which is this incredible passion. But make sure, um, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And he tells them, you're going to go through tough things. So he tells them to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. He's saying that there is a community, there is a people, and that you are, like, among these people groups, these churches, right? Like, this is how you are to act. You are to, to you know, to bear each other's burdens, right? To be patient in affliction. They had a lot of affliction. There was a lot of people actively in that day trying to kill them. The Roman Empire was trying to wipe them out right? They were to be faithful in prayer, to continue praying with one another and to be doing these things and share with God's people who are in need. To, to, like if they saw somebody who in their community was struggling, was, you know, was in legitimate need, that they would gather and that they would ultimately, um, that they would, you know, give to these people. And, and, and it says, you know, the early church, they held all things in common. Now, the early church, understand, uh, our understanding of church is very different than what they would have had. I think, actually, the early church would have felt quite a bit like camp. I truly believe that. I really do. I think a tightly knit group, you've got culture things. I, I just need to tell you, I absolutely adore your culture stuff, your camp culture stuff, that some of you maybe take for granted, but I love it. Like, I love the screaming in the ear thing. Like, I, I have been telling friends about that. I'm like, they do this really, really cool thing. And it's just, it's so awesome to, to run around. And it's funny and it's goofy. Everybody's a part of it, right? Like, you feel like you belong. 
You feel like it, it's just fun. It's, you know, I love the SNL stuff last night. That Give your counselors another round of applause. That was amazing. Like, truly, truly amazing. Like, you guys did really, and a lot of work. A lot of, like, I don't know if how much, like, I can see that. I'm like, oh, this is a decent bit of work. You know, this didn't just happen, you know. But these camp culture things, and like, and why do you do that? Why do you, why do you do that? Is it funny? Yes. But it, and it's not just to be funny, right? Like, it's to, it's to build this bond, to build this um, camaraderie, to say, you belong here, Right? Like, there's other things going on in the world, and there's all sorts of stuff, and there's all sorts of everything, but you belong here. Like, I don't know how many of you, you know, um, how, many, how many years have you been coming to camp? So, campers, how many years? Like, is it all one? That's no, not one. One, two? Eleven. I didn't know what you were doing there. <laughs> but that's, that makes sense. Eleven. Okay, Eleven. That's fantastic. How many years? Six? Five? Yeah? Yeah? Four? Two, yeah, lots. Okay, any, anybody else? Anybody else want to say? Yeah, four. And here's the thing. Why do you keep coming back? Why do you keep coming back? I, I can tell you why. Because you found a place where you belong. Right? You found a people to which you identify with. You found a place where you belong under the banner of Jesus Christ, and it's awesome. If you didn't feel, if you came in here and you felt like everybody's snotty and you can't, you can't become part of the group and you can't, you know, whatever, you're not coming back. But you found something special here. That's what happened in the early church. They found something special and new, unique, and there was this community, and ultimately Jesus, right? But in community, I have two answers to every question, like when kids come in and they got like some type of big struggle or things. My first answer is Jesus. My second answer is community. Jesus and community. That's, that's going to be my application for absolutely everything. Jesus and community. And not to isolate yourself, right? Not to go, you know, go off into the distance and, you know, whatever and try to do it on your own because you're not meant to do it on your own. And these are good. And I believe, I believe that, I believe that when, uh, when we process this, when we look at, like, camp and we look at these things, they're like, this is our ecclesia. This is our gathering. This is our church. The gathering of the saints. You know? I, I can tell. I haven't talked to them all, but I can tell that there are counselors here that would literally die for you. I'm serious. They would, if they had, if there was a situation... God forbid there was an active shooter or anything ridiculous because that's the world that we live in. They would lay their life down for you. Why? Because they love you ridiculously. Because they're all in. Their zeal is serving the Lord. And the outflow of that is being part of this community. Because this has, this has transcendence. Like the time put in here, it's not wasted. This isn't wasted time. In fact, this is the time that means the most in the world, right? Like, this is like the, oh my goodness, I get to go do this. I get to go be a part of, you know, Hiawatha Youth Camp. Because, and, and, what, and what is that? Is it just because you really, really like Indian names and like, 
you know, uh, playing volleyball. No, you love the people. This is about the people. It's about the community. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, you know, and this is lifelong. This is lifelong. It's not, it shouldn't be just one week or it shouldn't be just one moment, but it's, this is lifelong. I have lifelong friendships um, from camp. You know, as I'm getting ready to move, I've got a list of people that I want to, you know, do lunch with and do whatever. And it's not, it's not a goodbye. It's, it might be six months before I can get back or it might be whatever, but I, I, I appreciate deeply the community that we have. And he's saying that this, is, this has value and purpose. So don't let your zeal, he, I want you to have zeal. I want you to have passion. Paul wanted you to have that. Passion is great. That's awesome. But keep it serving the Lord. Let me tell you, as a camp director, the thing that breaks my heart more than anything else is seeing kids and counselors, I've had a few, veer off. Right? In fact, just recently, like I had, I had a guy, he was, uh, he was a director, he was a counselor, he was a director, um, he was all in, and he got sucked in to one of those hashtags and he's posting stuff that would turn your stomach. Honestly, I'm serious. You look at you, how did we get here? How did he move so far away? And I truly believe that what happened is he was seeking man's approval. And he was seeking all sorts of other things. And, like, they're good causes. But when you strip them from Jesus, then you go to this logical extreme. And it's like, and, and then you lose Jesus. That's what happens oftentimes. I'm telling you. You think you can have Jesus and? And you get so passionate about that cause that pretty soon you're marching in, you know, um, protests and doing all sorts of things. And you're like, well, where? I don't actually see Jesus in any of that. And it, like, it's hard to watch. It breaks your heart. So please, Keep, keep coming back. Keep your zeal serving the Lord. This is, like, I'm telling you, I, camp, and the people said, what's heaven going to be like? I said, camp times a million. That's it. it, it I, I truly believe that. It's, it's all the good things about camp. All the good things times a million. But that's what, I truly believe that that's what eternity looks like. All of the all of the fun and the, the enjoyment and the worshiping Jesus. You know, that's what we're going to do in heaven, right? Worship. Worship. It's awesome. It's not, it won't be boring. But keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your zeal serving the Lord. I'm going to close this in prayer. Father God, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for the gift of camp. I thank you for the gift of community. God, I pray that in all of our interactions, we would be hospitable. Lord, that this would be a safe place, that this would be a great community. And God, I just thank you for, thank you for all of the staff. I thank you for all of the campers. And Lord, as a people, may we keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. In your precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray.